time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. It's the Council Roundup on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Thank you so much for being part of this. Each and every week on a Wednesday, we listen to the council meeting from the night before. We bring you all the highlights that you need to know to get your day going. What happened at last night's hour and 45-minute meeting? Quite a bit, actually. So a lot to get to. And uh, a lot of it is focused on citizens addressing the committee of the whole last night. We'll hear about street parties, block parties, pop-up parties, speeding, motorcycles, four-wheelers, a whole bunch of stuff. And citizen uh, chastising members of the council for not um, sending their condolences to a loved one who passed. Got pretty heated. Stay tuned. It's all on the way, but let's start last night with the council roundup. Uh, We've got the treasurer's report, but first, the council roundup brought to you each and every week by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. The downtown location now open for lunch, Head West Subs. All right, so we kind of knew last week uh, that we would have a pretty stellar treasurer's report uh, because Budget Director Bill McCarty uh, revealed last week that the city of Springfield's gotten like 13 plus million dollars from federal taxpayers because of the COVID-19 aid package that passed earlier this year. And the city's set to get, what, another 13 plus million dollars, like 30 some odd million dollars altogether. Uh, But we got the first installment, 13 plus million. How does that impact the bottom line for the treasurer's report? Let's get to it. Thank you. Uh, The corporate fund in the month of May had a beginning balance of $18,183,155. We took in total receipts of $27,143,404. We had total disbursements of $7,283,447. Which left the corporate fund with an ending balance in the month of May of $38,043,112. And Chair Williams, that balance is so large because of the new money that we got from the federal government. So, wow. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You. You're welcome. That's a lot of money. Uh, so that money's just kind of hanging out there, and we'll see exactly how that gets dispersed and what the uh, priorities are going to be. Of course, there's talk about restoring the uh, million plus dollars of cuts for the fire department. There's also a lot of talk about uh, focusing on sewers and whatnot uh, to get uh, the city's sewer systems uh, updated. So we'll see what happens with all of those dollars. Meanwhile, moving on, Alderman Sean Gregory, he wanted to get some more information about an ordinance that's been held in committee for several weeks now. I, I just wanted to ask my fellow colleagues, have we have we come to resolution um, with, with, with Family Video? So if you recall, there's a, 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 a property that Family Video owns that's part of the rail relocation properties. And uh, an ordinance has been brought up to buy that parcel of land for the relocation. But some aldermen have wanted to hold that back because there's other Family Video properties throughout the city, in particular one at MacArthur, that's just an eyesore. Here's Alderman Joe McMiniman. It's still, we've still got, I would say, 10 full dump truck loads of dirt there. And I'll, I'll name some names tonight. Eric Hoagland sent me a text message back in March saying it would be gone by April. So we're just getting disrespected here, and that's unacceptable. So uh, I hope we can get some resolution. I, sit, I think some other um, members of the family and uh, 
some employees of the of the Hogan family are trying to um, pick up the pace and do the right thing. So hopefully we'll have some better news a week from now. I on totally Gregory. The only reason I was asking is because I, you know, I, I definitely know that this property is important to, um, you know, completion of the railroad project. So I just, you know, um, told them I would, you know, definitely check in on this. So I, I appreciate it and respect it. Alderman Hanauer had an interesting suggestion. Start finding them by the day and, and they'll, they'll get rid of it. You'll see, see trucks getting loaded up pretty quick, I would think. So that's an interesting proposal. Uh, here is Alderman McMiniman uh, urging for there to be some kind of database so they uh, aldermen and uh, neighborhood associations can go look at see what the history is of a problem property. How many times have there been uh, code enforcement done there? How much money's been paid out because of code enforcement and so on? Uh, citations for violation have been there. So to make it user friendly, not just for us aldermen, but for the homeowners associations out there and the MacArthur Boulevard Association they're gonna meet this Thursday morning with their monthly meeting all the way into Senso and we want to give them some good news but we don't want to have to go into a deep research project to find out what happened with that inspection report have we started imposing fines are we getting the attention of the property owners because that's what we got to do so it's uh, something he's talked about before in the past. We'll see if there's any movement on that. But uh, Nate Bottoms of Public Works addressing the council on this property. We did go and do an inspection last week, and uh, and we did a reinspection, I believe, this week. Uh, I think Daryl's here, and uh, they're not they're not in compliance, so therefore it'll be cleaned up by by this Friday. And we will, if, if they have not, had, if they don't have it completed, then we will charge them accordingly. And that includes full pay for city crews who have to go out there and clean that up. Uh, meanwhile, continuing on, last night, action on a possible city holiday. The state sent Governor J.B. Pritzker, it's on his desk, a bill to make Juneteenth a state holiday, a paid state holiday. And they're looking to do the same thing for the city of Springfield. Here's Alderman Sean Gregory. Yeah, actually, actually, I'm sorry. Here's uh, uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder. Yeah, actually, how this uh, would work is uh, Monday through Friday, uh, it's celebrated the day of Juneteenth. So if it's during the week, it'd be a paid holiday. If not, if it's on the weekend, then, of course, the city's closed at that point in time. Alderman Joe McMiniman raised some concerns about making yet another paid holiday for the city. I think we should honor Juneteenth in, uh, in many ways as possible and uh, dignify Juneteenth. I'm concerned about the number of paid holidays we have for the public sector. I think the average number of paid holidays is approaching 13 or 14 and in the public sector it's it's uh, I think averages six or seven paid holidays per year and so I'm concerned about the financial impact of this. He also talked about how uh, there's a lot already. Uh, we honor Abraham Lincoln, who brought about the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, leading to an amendment to end slavery in the United States, and also highlighting how we have a, a day for Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, here's more from Alderman McMiniman. And so I'm, I'm just concerned about the financial impact um, on the city. I know Juneteenth is, is for 1865 when there was some communities in Texas that hadn't heard about the the uh, pronouncements of our federal government mm -hmm. that everyone that was a slave is now free. Uh, so I just have a concern. It's a financial concern. I, maybe we could, uh, among those that proposed 
this ordinance and the paid holiday, maybe we could think of a way to honor the Juneteenth, but without giving everyone a, a paid holiday. So Alderman McMiniman just raising some concerns about the, the costs. And uh, what's interesting is those concerns were also raised with the state proposal that's now on the governor's desk to make Juneteenth a state holiday. And uh, somebody filed a request for a fiscal note, and ultimately uh, the fiscal note came back and said, uh, it's not going to cost the state any more because state employees are already paid for holidays. Uh, whenever, you know, say July 4th falls on a Tuesday or whatever, they get, they get paid not to work on that holiday uh, for Independence Day or uh, for Christmas or so on. Um, but Juneteenth uh, would be a, a, another, either a 13th or a 14th, depending on if there's an election day that year. Um, it would be either the 13th or the 14th paid holiday for government employees. Uh, and the fiscal note for the state house said, while it won't cost any more in salary, it will potentially lead to a loss of uh, productivity. And that could equal $11.3 million, uh, which was a kind of an interesting number to see. What that would be for the city of Springfield and lost productivity, we didn't necessarily hear last night. But here's Alderwoman Conley about uh, making Juneteenth a city holiday. I understand the concerns that, that Alderman McMiniman raised, but I think that there's, there's a certain deal of more importance and significance in our our society these days. So um, I, I certainly am looking forward to supporting this and would like to be added as a sponsor too, please. Alderman Sean Gregory responding to some of the concerns. You know, your numbers, guys, and I, and, and I, and I get that. Um, on the question on if it's, um, this holiday is significant, as, as many of our, our leaders that have... Um, made this country better. I, I think that day, without that day, those leaders couldn't have um, got there and, and done those um, great things that they did to move our country forward. Without that day, it's how we all are sitting up here together. Um, Alderman Gregory continues. Employees in other sectors um, that have always complained about government, you know, getting a lot of days off. It's just, you know, uh, the perks of having government jobs, unfortunately. Um, and, and we hope that other um, businesses mimic, you know, what state government does. Um, eventually, we're giving employees holidays off, like Juneteenth, like Martin Luther King Day, because it should be important no matter where you work. But consciously, we, we understand that business has to continue in some some states. So uh, looks like it is moving forward. Uh, they may have it on debate next week, and we'll hear more about that. And again, the, it's on the governor's desk to make Juneteenth a state holiday. Back with the Council Roundup. It's the WMAY Morning News Feed. The Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. I'm Greg Bishop. Wake up early on a Wednesday and download the council meeting from the day before and play it on double speed, chop it all up, and get you the highlights. And there's a lot going on. We'll get to uh, citizens addressing the council in moments with uh, some some important conversation about how exactly the city's going to deal with pop-up block parties. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But uh, tax increment finance districts coming up last night. Several of them uh, for some properties to, to rehab some facades and a variety of other things for downtown Springfield. Spurred on a bit of a conversation about how much money is in the TIF for downtown. And then you had Alderman Hanauer uh, ask a question that's been brought up for months, if not uh, years now. And that's the status of the Ferguson Booth building. You know, they were supposed to, um, they had a deadline 
uh, for financing and uh, we ha have we has that come and gone and has there been any movement on it or I, I just was trying to get an update on that. There have been similar requests weeks, uh, even months back, about trying to get an update on what's going on there. The mayor jumped in, provided a little bit of an update. And he's hoping to have his financing in place with LISC, uh, where they could have a closing, hopefully by the end of this month. But we'll have him come to the next uh, Tuesday's city council meeting, or at least and, call in and And then the when's the clock start ticking for getting people paid? Uh, at that point, it's immediate. I, that's my understanding of that discussion, isn't it? Because remember, um, the previous developer for the Ferguson Booth building, uh, apparently things fell apart and he did not pay some subcontractors in as far as their uh, employee benefits. And uh, that's now been shifted over to this new developer that's still waiting on financing, but uh, no indication on when that's actually going to happen. Uh, so we'll keep you posted on that. It's the Council Roundup on the news feed. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Last night's city council meeting, an hour and 45 minutes, a lot of it dominated by citizens addressing the council. And uh, that's where we get a lot of conversation about block parties, pop-up parties. What are police doing about it? Mr. Clerk, you got anybody signed up to speak tonight? Yes. Margaret Franklin. So, uh, Ms. Franklin gets up there to address what she is seeing in the evolution of block parties. They're no longer block parties, she said. Now, I understand it's been moved to a pop-up parties. Um, so, pop-up parties. Hundreds of people getting together, popping up somewhere in some park in front of a person's house. And it could be quite the nuisance. She's looking for some solutions. I have asked for safety. I'm asking that mayor give permission for us to get lights up at Pillsbury. My husband has pictures of cars. There were cars on top of cars on top of cars. Um, and I'm not understanding why nothing's being done. She says she went out uh, over this past weekend and confronted some of the revelers. The other night when all this fiasco was going on, I went outside and I said, get the hell out in front of my house. Someone looked at me and said, kiss my A-double, you know. And I said, excuse me? This is a public street. We can park wherever we want to park. I understand it's a public street, but don't I have any rights? And frustrations continue. And I'm tired of being pacified by city officials, such as our police department, telling me, now, Margaret, there's 500 people out there. There's 15 officers. What do you want me to do? What do I want you to do? That's a really open-ended question for me, because there's a lot I'd like to have done. <laughs> she talked about um, putting up speed bumps, maybe uh, more lighting in some areas, having police actually respond. Uh, Alderman McMiniman hearing these concerns and uh, raising his own. This party went on a four-block area. Oh, wait, that's, uh, that's another. That's, I think that's Margaret's husband, maybe. This party went on a four-block area. They had four blocks of cars parked at this lot, if you can see. It's the old Pillsbury parking lots for their employees, mm -hmm. and they had them completely full. We, several of us in the neighborhood did talk to the state police, and they were offered to come out and assess the city police department to clear them out, but they refused their offer to help. 
And we'll get some clarity on that a little bit later, but Alderman McMiniman raising concerns. Um, I think what you're describing is a serious law enforcement problem, and we need preemptive action. Um, when something develops to the size this was, it's hard to go in and do anything about it, but we need intelligence and preemptive action to know what's going to happen a day or two ahead of time, and then you can go out and put up no parking signs, and you can do uh, law enforcement coordination to get the, the, the amount of forces needed to prevent something like this from happening. Margaret continues with her concerns and suggestions. Upset about is with this whole deal, they were supposed to be at Comer Cox Park. I guess you guys shut down Comer Cox Park so they could not do that. So they moved to our location. They're moving from location to location to location. That's what I'm upset about. And Where is this going to stop? Another thing that irritates me is why should our city have to pay you guys on Sunday morning after the party? sent five city employees out there to clean up their mess. Yeah. On a Sunday. On a Sunday morning. That's yes. outrageous. Our there tax was broken glass galore. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh, the taxpayers are having to pay to clean up this party. Oh, boy. Uh, Alderman Williams uh, addressing the uh, the citizens, raising concerns. Several ideals are being discussed all the way to we're trying to target who the people are that are actually planning these events. I mean, they're doing Twitter, they're doing Facebook, and they're using codes, so it's kind of hard to know where they're going to be that night because they have caught on to what you're going to hear our police department say, how we set up to close them down, and like you said yourself, they, they jump up and they move to a new area. That's got to be tough for police uh, to be able to just pinpoint it, track it down, and so on. But more from Alderman Williams. People can't get home when they get off their shift, in and out their house. Emergency vehicles, like you said, Ubers, uh, taxi cabs, all these different calls I've been getting. But what I will say is you're not being ignored. We, we really are trying. Uh, everything that TJ told you, he also told me, from the speed bumps to the signage, uh, you know, just, just rules and laws that we have to live within legally, you know, and, and that does frustrate you because then it looks like, well, what can we do? Yeah, it's got to be a, um, it's got to be something that makes you just want to scream, hoot, and holler, and then take yourself all the way down to the city council to express your concerns. Here's Alderman Hanauer. Does Decatur and Bloomington, Peoria, are they having the same problems? And if not, what did what have they done different that, that we're not doing? And uh, from Springfield Police there, uh, representative addressing some of the concerns. And uh, we are working with the Alderman. I've, I've talked with Alderman Gregory and Alderman Williams at length about uh, some of the things that we can do. I work with Corporation Council and his uh, staff is... Uh, put out uh, temporary restraining orders. When we identify uh, those uh, individuals who are uh, kind of spearheading these pop-up parties, we target them, we take legal action, and do our best to stop the parties that way. As, as people begin to catch on to that, they come up with other ways to get the word out as far as where these parties are. And we know how fast things can spread online. You know, one, one quick page post turns into 500 shares in the matter of seconds. Uh, more from the police. There are times when we have 16 to 20 officers working the streets, and those 16 to 20 officers are responsible for answering hundreds of calls on a busy Saturday night. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the rundown of this particular night in question. Mm. And my lieutenant, who's been with this department for 14 and a half years, described it as the busiest night of his career with this police department. Wow. Uh, so that's what we're up against to start with right there. But what were some of the things that they found? 
Uh, I believe we made nine arrests and seized nine firearms from that area as a result of this. So um, I'm not going to sit here and say that we didn't do anything because that's absolutely not, not the case. Uh, the men and women, as short as we are, and yes we are short, are working as hard as we can and will continue to do so and will continue to address this problem, whether it's through legal means, whether it's through uh, a towing ordinance, whether it's through intelligence, whatever the case may be. Hey, you get a, a novel idea here. Uh, what about having a pop-up police block party? You know what? It's, it's, it's our uh, stance that we'll take the community back uh, uh, from a law enforcement perspective, and I'm willing to do that in any, any one of the wards. And, and it was a matter of us showing up with our meet and greet wagon and we cooked hot dogs and we gave uh, did operation juice box and polar patrol and had a bounce house and this is a way for us to try and get some of the stakeholders in the community to say to recognize that we're here to support them interesting proposal uh alderman sean gregory also chiming in about uh how difficult it is to to manage these large pop-up block parties they they know that they got our attention so um they know we're not happy and we're, we're definitely trying to to put a stop to it so i assure you along with alderman williams and everybody up here that we're doing all we can and we're, we're going to keep working on it and and, and hopefully get it in control so i I apologize what you went through for this weekend, and uh, we're going to keep working. A lot more work needs to be done. Uh, Alderman Hanauer asking a question that was raised earlier that uh, needed some clarification. Can you grab the state police and and do, like, uh, once you find out where the party is, do um, DUI patrols or something like that? So that brings up that way, because if they know we're going to do it, that might might be a, a... an incentive not to come here. Right, right. Uh, and then Springfield Police responding to that. We don't turn down anyone's help. That that flat out does not happen. In fact, we work in partnership with our uh, fellow local agencies, with the county, with the state police, uh, with the park district. Uh, we worked with them to, to, to work on the Comer Cox situation. So state police was, was doing a roadside safety check, and they have certain routes that they have to do things on. But they also uh, provided us with a, a handful of uh, officers, or, or traditionally will, when they have them available to assist so we do not turn down anyone's assistance we are all in this together and um, uh, additional manpower is nothing nothing more than a force multiplier that we have to have so. more from police yeah and i should be clear the mayor has given us to go ahead to hire um right. certainly you know as all of you would too i'm sure uh so uh covid put a stop to the to the uh, uh recruit classes at right. Glexi, the place where we send our officers that started back up so um, a little bit of a change. Uh, we're going to see some more police hiring, but it says it takes a year or so to get them uh, actually onto the force after all the training. Uh, another citizen? Verla Hampton. All right. So uh, Ms. Hampton, she's talking about something else that's raising concern outside of the black parties. They drive down Enterprise like it's the Indianapolis 500. And that's just not many bikes and four-wheelers. That's cars, too. So cars, four-wheelers, mini bikes, using a major thoroughfare as the Indianapolis 500, she says. You know how kids are. A ball goes out in the street. They don't look. They're kids. And somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, that's not good. Really, really bad. That's scary. Well, and, and I know the police are, are, can only do so much. I, I know. And, and I know... And I understand. Uh, they know where and you know where. 
that I would take my butt out there if I seen 500 cars. <laughs> no way. Because that puts you guys' life in danger. Yeah, it's got to be rough. Um, another citizen addressing the council last night. Um, of course, you heard about the block parties. You heard about the uh, uh, the ongoing concerns about people racing up and down, treating a thoroughfare like it's Indianapolis 500. Uh, we can't do nothing about it. That's what I get from the cops. And I've called and I've called and I've called. And I've got a friend that gets a printout of the phone calls that are made per month. And she says her calls are not on there, and that frustrates her. Uh, meanwhile, another citizen addressing the council. Luke Hakeem. All right, and he uh, is upset that, uh, well, he had the loss of a loved one, uh, which is tragic and sad news, uh, but he also chastised Alderman for not, uh, not paying respects. And my sister, Ruth Bradberg, passed away. Okay. And part of it was due to the drywall dust and plaster dust of the house of the, you know, of the railroad project that I've been complaining about for the last several, several, several months. And if you recall, we've played some of his concerns from previous episodes of the Council Roundup where he'd get up there and talk about how the city needs to buy this particular house owned by his sister because it's being destroyed by the rail relocation project. And ultimately, after months of uh, going back and forth, the city did ultimately buy the house. Uh, but he says his sister just recently passed away. But not one of you even considered of calling, giving your respect or nothing else. You just left, left it all blank, even though you knew or you read the paper, you just ignored it. Mm, well, that's... Uh... You could hear that he, he gets a little frustrated, uh, and it seems to kind of cross a line here. Since November, on her deathbed, not a one of you, I don't think one, not a one of you is cared except for one person I know of, and that's Mr. Andrew Proctor, because he did reach out to me. Thank you, sir. But everybody else, he had nothing good to say. This city council did us dirty. Uh, this is getting out of, out of line, sir. Well, I'm just letting you know. Everyone on this council serves diligently long hours for our 110,000 population here, and we don't need those kind of comments directed at the All city right. council, sir. Then let me ask this. No, I don't think we, you don't, that, no. Why well, did? Alderman Williams was the chairperson of the meeting last night, and he made sure to make it clear that the city council is a caring body. Okay, I just, just want you to know that we are a, a council that cares, and, and we are, you know, we give our sympathy. We are sorry. No one wishes anybody to pass, so, so we're sorry. Ha, ah, this your council roundup from last night. Never know what to expect. I was thinking it was going to be a short one, but uh, of course you've got uh, citizens that need their voices heard, and it's good to hear those voices and bring them to you here on the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west.